You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. It's Thursday, November 17th, and this evening I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's it going, my friend? It's going great, buddy. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, As Chad said before we started recording... I'm starting to get nerved up myself uh, for, for this Michigan yes. game. And one more test to go, but I'm already starting to get nervous for Michigan. We are also joined, of course, by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? What's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't here last week, but uh, I did enjoy listening to you too. Uh, um, uh, uh, dude, I, I got 50 bucks as you didn't listen to that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I as well, Z, am, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm getting all nerved up already, and I just yeah. I don't like it. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? It's what yeah. makes the rivalry special. You get nervous a week early. You talk about it, you know, half the, half the year. And so, but yep. we are first and foremost here to have a look at number two Ohio State's visit to College Park this coming Saturday to take on the Maryland Terrapins. The game is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kick on ABC and PBH, by the way, you got to like the timing there, my friend. I, I assume. Thank God. Thank, thank the good Lord. <laughs> the Get the us line out of the nine o'clock, ten o'clock purgatory. Oh God! Well, we go right back to the nine o'clock window. Well, nine o'clock Pacific, noon Eastern next week, but uh, we'll be wide awake for that one for sure. The line is Ohio State minus twenty-seven and a half this Saturday against Maryland. The over/under is sixty-four. The Buckeyes lead the all-time series between these two schools seven zip. That includes a 66-17 to 17 blowout of the Terps last season in Columbus. The last time they played in College Park, though, was all the way back in 2018. Because, guys, if you remember, in 2020, they were supposed to play there and the game was canceled because of COVID. Of course, we remember the 2018 disaster, right? Ohio State narrowly escaped with the win, 52-51 in overtime. Maryland failed to convert on a two-point conversion. If I, if memory serves, that guy was open in the end zone, and their quarterback oh, just it, threw it, it in the turf. It hit him in the numbers, right? <laughs> I thought he threw it in the turf for three, like, oh, it's a, yeah, I, it I think was, maybe Tuff yeah, Borland oh, yeah, was, was in the was, passing was, lane or something, but... <laughs> But with Ohio State was very fortunate that that Maryland oh. didn't convert because that looked like a pretty easy Greg pitching Shiano. catch. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that was the Greg Schiano defense of 2018. Very forgettable oh. season uh, from a defensive perspective. So that's the last time that we uh, that Ohio State visited uh, College Park. That's our last memory of those two teams playing there. And Ohio State was, of course, very lucky to escape by the skin of their teeth. Now Maryland comes into this contest on Saturday at a pretty respectable six and four. But they've lost their last two. The Terps were 30 to nothing losers to Penn State last Saturday in Happy Valley. The week before, Wisconsin beat the Terps 23 to 10 in Madison. Now, the Terps, you know, you look at the stats, they they just look like an average team. They, they rank 63rd nationally in total offense. They're 55th in offensive yards per play. They're 54th nationally in passing offense. Now, now interestingly, Talia Tungavailoa was putting up some really good numbers before suffering a knee injury on October 15th against Indiana. 
uh, the injury kept uh, Tungavailoa out of Maryland's next game against Northwestern. They had a bye, so he had a little time to rest. And then he came back against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. And since he's returned, it's it's been a struggle. He's a shell of himself. Uh, against both Wisconsin and Penn State, uh, he threw under for under 80 yards in both games. He was 10 to 23 for 77 yards, passing a touchdown and a pick against the Badgers. And then last Saturday against Penn State, he threw for 74 yards on 22 pass attempts and no touchdown. So he's clearly not the same quarterback he was before the injury. And Maryland has some other guys, and I think we can always say this about Maryland, right, guys? They always do have some good skill guys. And they have a good receiver yeah. in Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, he was a player that Ohio State wanted. Um, and uh, his now his numbers this year are kind of pedestrian. Only 406 receiving yards on 30 receptions. Pardon me, 37 receptions and three touchdown grabs. And the Terps uh, have a decent uh, running game. They're 65th nationally in rushing offense. And they have a pretty solid back in Roman Hemby. Hemby averages about six yards a carry. So he's a solid back. He's decent. The guy can do some things. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Terps are 73rd nationally in total defense, but a pretty respectable 34th in defensive yards per play. They're 76th against the pass. They're 68th against the run. So again, statistically, we're looking at a pretty, like an average football team, if we're looking at it from a national view. And I think you could probably even call them an above average team with a healthy tongue of Iowa. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's what we're going to see on Saturday. Now, certainly this is not an opponent Ohio State fans should have to worry too much about unless the Buckeyes sleepwalk through the first quarter as they did against Northwestern and or get caught, you know, looking ahead to the Wolverines, that old cliche. I think Maryland is, is probably good enough to make this game uncomfortable if that happens. So that's the skinny on Maryland. PBH, I want to start with you. What are you going to be watching for in this game on Saturday? Well, for both the high state and Michigan, right? It's the quintessential look ahead. Yes, Um, indeed. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous for this. I don't know why it's probably unfounded. Um, And I, I read about um, Tunga Bailoya's knee and yeah, I don't injuries are, are part of the game clearly he's not the player that he was. I was surprised they got beat as badly as they did by Penn state. Yeah. I wondering, oh, is Penn state better than, than, you know, than we thought, um, you know, the weather looks fine. I checked that out. Um, I'm totally <laughs> checking that. I, in fact, I just looked at the, the 10 day forecast for Columbus for next Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, right on, bro. completely, uh, ludicrous. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's too much to be concerned about. I think if I state, you know, doesn't sleepwalk into this game, thank God it's not at, you know, noon. Right. Uh, they should easily walk in there, take care of business. Um, again, I, you know, I'm on the fence about, okay, what am I looking for? Okay. Let's get some offensive line dominance and run the ball. Right. I don't know. I'm also thinking maybe, you know, if, if Trey isn't quite there yet, then don't play him. Um, I agree with that, you know, so just, you know, we should have enough offensive firepower to get the job done. I uh, don't want it to be close, but I think, you know, it's a fine balance between resting guys and making sure you're at full strength for uh, Michigan versus, you know, coming in here and, you know, making sure this game isn't close. It shouldn't be close either way. But, you know, other than that, it, it's really just 
you know, the precursor to next week. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's the way it is. And it's, it's awesome that Michigan's at the place that they're at and they're in pretty much the same position. Uh, so all the same concerns, if you were a Michigan fan, yeah. so that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. It's, it's hard not to project forward beyond this game. And the funny part is if day doesn't say that, like probably 70, five times or has ha had said that this week 75 times to his team still doesn't mean that it couldn't possibly happen right like the players you know they're human too and they're thinking the same thing we're thinking as fans mm -hmm. so just come out take them out early that would be just awesome take them out early and coast to a, a nice w and then let's move on to michigan all right cp what are you going to be looking for in this game on saturday Let's look sharp. Like I don't want the I want the offensive line making holes for who whether it's Mayan, whether it's you know Dallas, whoever it may be. Xavier, um, get, yeah, Xavier, Xavier Johnson, baby. Xavier Johnson, might, my guy. Yeah, exactly. What a what a what a story, man. I mean, for real. That's that's just that's it's good stuff. You know, I it's the defense. Um, I think there are some things that need to. Uh, I, I'm. Our defensive backs, you know, they 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 perplex me sometimes. Well, you know, our I'm corners, like, our like, corners do. I yes, we're very right. good at safety. I mean, we got like all American level players at safety, but right, you're right. The corners have have been a question mark for, for most right. of the season, to be sure. So I mean, I'd like to like to see them not give up a, a you know a, a ton of big plays next mm -hmm. or you know, Saturday. Um, you know, I just and I'd just like to see that a little bit sharper on the offensive line. Um you know, just getting as one unit. I mean, the, I mean, I don't want to like look ahead to next week, but the, quite frankly, we got beat in the trenches last year, and that's you know that that shit needs to be you know on point for next week. And yeah. I think this is like you know you get to get the shit together this weekend. Like let's you know like don't want to look ahead, but you know what I mean. We need to be that that offensive line and defensive line next week is need. That's where we got beat last year. So. I'm going to be looking for who's going to tote the rock for the Buckeyes in the run game. Right. I mean, I'm expecting they'll be without Mayan Williams. I mean, I would be stunned if he plays. And I think they could potentially be without Trey Henderson, too. I, I don't know for sure. I'm just it's just a guess. So we might get our first real glimpse of Chip Trainum at running back against Maryland. We'll see. Now, Ryan Day said in his press conference earlier this week that he expects two of those three, Williams, Henderson and Trainum to be available. I'm using that word in air quotes, available. So I'm not sure what available means exactly. Available doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to play. I have a feeling it's probably going to be running back by committee with Dallin Hayden, Chip Trainum, and maybe a sprinkling of my guy, Xavier Johnson. I'd love to see that. So that's what I'm going to be watching. And I'm going to be watching, especially if they have to play more reserves at running back, I want to see how they do uh, because, you know, I've got an eye uh, on Michigan, of course. On defense, I want to see the Buckeyes tackle well. I think they got a little loose with some of the tackling against both Penn State and Northwestern. 14 missed tackles against Penn State, 15 missed tackles against Northwestern. That was a season high. Now, they were much better against the Hoosiers last Saturday, only five missed tackles. They're facing a pretty good back, as I said, in Roman Hemby. I'd like to see the Ohio State defense use Hemby as kind of a tune-up for Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I think that's going to be a huge key against Michigan next Saturday or on the 26th. 
that's, you know, always going to be a big key to beating any team in tackle football, of course, but most especially Michigan. Don't let Corum or Edwards pop any long runs. And, you know, the same goes for this Saturday with Hemby. You got to make them earn it, especially Michigan. Make them convert in the red zone. They're not very good at converting touchdowns in the red zone. So I'm already looking ahead to Michigan, guys. I'm just, I I can't even help myself. So that's what I'm going to be looking for defensively. Ohio State now, they're a much better tackling defense than they were a year ago. In 2021, the Buckeyes finished with a tackling grade of 64.2, according to PFF. Through 10 games this season, that tackling grade is all the way up to 81.1. So that's that's more you know what you would expect out of a silver bullet defense. Finally, I want to see Julian Fleming get off the schneid. I think he's he's in a little bit of a late season slump, a little bit of a funk. He dropped several balls against Northwestern. Now, granted, you know, the weather conditions were were an issue, but he dropped what should have been a touchdown against the Hoosiers. I don't know if you guys remember that play. So he seems like he's in a little bit of a funk. I, I'm hoping to see him play his way out of that. We're going to need Fleming against Michigan. Paige, let me kick this back to you. Any other any other things that you'll be looking for uh, in this matchup with Maryland? Well, yeah, you brought up tackling, and it reminded me of a couple uh, missed tackles that Eichenberg. Yeah, it's Penn State. Yeah, against Penn State, yeah, and I felt like he he might have had one against uh, Indiana, but then did I see something that he's hurt? So yeah, I I uh, our friends at the Buckeye Talk podcast were talking about Eichenberg. He in pregame warmups he had like a cast of some kind, some kind of a hmm. on one of his arms, and I guess he's been yeah he's nursing some kind of a hand or finger issue uh, issue, as I understand it. And I think it actually I think it might have been Bill Landis of Rivals who said that he thought perhaps. You know, if you've got a hand or a, something wrong with your finger, it's difficult to completely wrap up and do that kind of roll tackling, right? Where you hit the ball carrier and then yeah. kind of roll and bring him down. It's hard to hang on to the ball carrier if you can't get a complete, you know, a, a good grip with one of your hands. So that may have explained the couple of big missed tackles he had against Penn State, which which you pointed out. Um, he looked much better yeah. against Indiana, though. Only five missed tackles last week for the Buckeyes against Indiana, according to PFF. You know who I think yeah. I- think had a pretty good game last week that uh i've been looking for that it was uh jack sawyer number 33 sorry it was yeah, good he totally did great yeah. game last week yeah he had a couple of well i think he was credited with one and a half sacks to me it looked like he got you know he should have yeah, been credited was, just for two full sacks right uh, i don't know i the, the last one where he came in on the i think he did a little stunt and came in from the outside in and and just threw their quarterback like a rag doll but then he had another sack at the end of the first half where he depleted that quarterback on him. And I think that's the one where he only got a half a sack. I'm like, how did he only get a half a sack for that one? I mean, that was all him as far as I could tell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was good. You know, uh, Jim, Jim Knowles said something interesting earlier this week in, in interviews with the media. He said he'd like to see Jack Sawyer play a little more recklessly than he does. He, he wants to see him play a little bit more with his hair on fire. Uh, maybe yeah. he's he's a little too controlled, a little maybe too measured. I thought you that was what? an interesting observation. Sorry, PBH, you were going to say something? No, no. That now that you say that, um, Z, that makes like so much sense because like I was thinking like, you know, the, like in that Northwestern game, I'm like, what? The, it was like he was like clueless, like he was like like you know almost like a robot, and then he would, was overrunning like tackles. I'm like, what the f- are you doing, dude? And last weekend he kind of looked more like kind of what you're referencing there, like, like yeah. dude, that's just. Get after, bro. It was nice to see him. It was definitely a get-right game. I mean, Indiana stinks. 
but it was good to see Ohio State not dick around, right, with with, uh, with Indiana as they as they did with Northwestern the week before. Sorry, PBH, were you going to say something? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, you know, it's just kind of like reading the tea leaves, you know, with the running back situation. It, it's astonishing. Like, if you think about it, you got JSN, so, you know, really don't know how bad that injury is. Uh, Trey, we really don't know how bad that injury is. The other guy that has been, you know, MIA is Mike Hall, who was just wrecking yeah. offenses. Um, and so, you know, like it, it is somewhat, I mean, the, the, those are three they're superstars for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really don't know, you know, what their status is, how banged up are they? Um, and so, you know, what do they do with the running game? And if, you know, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of like weirdly okay with an Xavier Johnson, Dallin Hayden rushing attack from here on out because it it just kind of sets the script for like, Hey, you never saw this coming. Those guys are ripping off, you know, I mean, Xavier Johnson's what 70 yard touchdown last 71 yards. It was the longest run. It was the longest run from scrimmage for Ohio state this year. Right. You know, and he pulls in that, that, that catch against Notre Dame, you know, and it's yeah. just like you, you, you could have said, I'll give you 5,000 guesses to start to see. I didn't even know who the guy was. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 174 so it, it, all-purpose yards for Johnson against Indiana on Saturday. Sorry, go ahead, PBH. You, you know, so I, you know, it's like just these quirky storylines um, that I don't know. I, I've just got this witchy feeling that you know maybe maybe those two guys, Hayden and Johnson, play a, just a gigantic. <laughs> role in these next two games they could much more so against michigan i think it's pretty interesting i mean i I would certainly like to have mayan and trey back for sure who wouldn't um but i you know i said this in the post game pod i think the tip of the spear for ohio state is its passing game and its defense and if we go back to there's all there's been all this consternation and hand-wringing about ohio state in short yardage situations Admittedly, they've not been great, and of course, it it you know it brings up memories of that third and two in the third quarter against Michigan, when in Ohio State's first possession of the second half that they did not convert on, but that's not why Ohio State lost that game. They lost that game because Hassan they couldn't tackle Hassan Haskins. He went he ran for you know he went Tim Biaka Batuka on that oh, defense, that and then and then they gave up thirty one pressures to the Michigan defensive front. Um, so to, to Hutchinson and Ojabo and those guys, I mean, that's really, in my opinion, why Ohio State lost that game. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to write off the running attack as unimportant. Of course, you've got to be able to run the ball. Conventional logic dictates that you do have to be able to run. You have to be a threat. I think they can be a, de- I agree with you, PBH. I can, I think they can be a decent threat running the ball with Hayden potentially trip train him and a little sprinkling of Xavier Johnson. If it comes to that, hopefully it won't. Hopefully Trey Henderson will be able to give them something uh, on, on the 26th. CP, anything else uh, you'd like to mention before we move to our concernometer scores? No, I think uh, covered it all, man. I'm- okay, buddy. Well, let me start with you. Why don't you give me your concernometer readout for the Terps? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... I'm just going to just, I'm going to go to 
Uh, 1.75. 1.75. Uh, <laughs> decimal points. I just, I, I wanted gonna, to say. like have a fraction for Michigan? You have a fraction concern over there? You, you know, I, I, you know, I was going to just let's put it at a, like a flat line it, but you know, like wow, that hasn't, that seems to like not be working out for the kid. Like, so you're confident. Has, you're confident. Yeah. 1.75. Right. Yeah. Okay. At PVH, how about you? Give us your readout. You mentioned earlier in the in the pod that that you're a little nervous about this one. So yeah, what's, what's I mean, your score? I'm, I'm a solid 5.5. I just think Ooh. you need to be. I just um they can be dangerous. If Tua's knees not healthy, or I don't know, Tua. That's his it's brother. Talia. Um, Talia, yeah. yeah Tua's his brother, yeah. Talia. Um, yeah, I, I and and I would say, what did I say? 5.5. Three yeah. of it is because I'm just already nervous about Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, it's a combined concernometer just freaking the hell out, right? Like it's, uh-huh. it's where I'm at, basically. That makes sense. Year. I mean, that makes sense because, you know, there is the the old cliche looking ahead element that could, you know, that, that could have a, a role here in the outcome. I'm at three and a half. And may, again, maybe this is a bad sign. I'm coming in lower than UPDH again, yeah, but it was it was a bad omen against Northwestern, right? I was I think it was lower than both of you guys. Ohio State's on the road week before Michigan. Maryland has a few dudes. Buckeyes are a little banged up, especially at running back. Not out of the realm of possibility. This could be a game for a couple of quarters. I think the Buckeyes are on a mission this season, though. I mean, if someone's going to get them, I have a hard time seeing that it happens in this game. And I do think the Tungabailoa injury is pretty huge for Maryland. I mean, I, the bottom has kind of dropped out of that offense since his injury. Um, yeah. So I, I, but I would probably have a higher readout on my concernometer if Tungabailoa were healthy. But for me, it's three and a half. All right, let's hit some score predictions. PBH, I'm going to kick this back to you. Give me your score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with 51 to 14. So I'm not that concerned. <laughs> yeah. Five, five and a half. 51, 14. Okay. And that, you know, I, I mean. Well, I told you three of that was, I'm just already amped up for Michigan. So I got you, dude. <laughs> I'm really, I like, I like how you roll, bro. I mean, that sounds like a composite score from this series, right? I mean, 51 to 14. I'll bet if we looked at, you know, we added up the totals from the last seven games, that would probably be the average score uh, of this game. How about you, CP? Well, I got to obviously stay in the high fifties, but I was thinking about <laughs> even going up to like uh, like sixty three. Whoa! I'm thinking they're gonna want to just like uh, unleash the the house. But you know what? I'm actually gonna go fifty seven ten. Fifty seven ten. Okay, I like it. I got Ohio State forty nine, Maryland fourteen. I I could see it being a, a bigger beating than that, but you know, again, I mentioned it that the tongue of Iowa injury just seems to have been a real. A game changer for 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 Maryland. The the bottom of that offense has kind of dropped out. I think. So Michigan Illinois, want to spend a little time on this one. It's a nine a.m. kick in the Big House. The game will be broadcast on ABC. So for Ohio State fans, for your convenience, Michigan Illinois on ABC nine a.m. Pacific, twelve Eastern. Followed immediately by Ohio State and Maryland. The line is Michigan minus eighteen. The over-under is 40 and a half. Now, if Illinois running back Chase Brown is able to play in this game, he was injured last week in the loss to Purdue. This game will feature the Big Ten's two leading rushers. Brown leads the Big Ten and the country in rushing yards with 1,442. Blake Corum is the second, he's second in the Big Ten and fourth nationally with 1,349 yards rushing. 
Brown and Quorum are also among the country's leaders in attempts, naturally. Uh, Brown actually leads the country with 280 carries. Wow. And Quorum is seventh nationally with 227 carries. So two very high usage backs. Now, after a seven and one start, Illinois has come back down to earth after losing their last two to Michigan State and Purdue. Both of those games were in Champaign. I mean, I thought we were headed for actually a really, really intriguing matchup in this game. I th- there's still a ton of interest for me, but you know, Illinois, not sure what happened these last two weeks against Michigan State and Purdue, but the Illini defense is still playing really well. And that's what intrigues me about this matchup, guys. Illinois is second nationally in total defense. They're third in defensive yards per play. They're sixth nationally against the run and they're fifth in opponent rushing yards per attempt. I think Michigan's going to win this game. And probably by a comfortable margin in the end. I just don't think Illinois has enough offense to be a real threat to beat the Wolverines, especially if Chase Brown is limited or can't play. But I do think this Illinois defense might be good enough to slow the Michigan run game down. And if that happens, I will be very curious to see what J.J. McCarthy does in this game. So that's my initial take on this game. PVH, I'm going to kick this to you. Give me some thoughts on the Michigan-Illinois matchup. Yeah, I, I think you're 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 spot on. And I was kind of I, I thought that over under was a little light. And I was like, oh, 40 you know, and a half. I, I do think Michigan, yeah. I, I mean, I think Michigan's gonna win this game. It's supposed to be breezy as hell, right? Like Ooh, just okay. sustained, you know, 20 mile an hour winds. And so I, you know, if you're Illinois, right? Are are you not putting nine, ten guys in the box and make McCarthy beat you absolutely especially in in those conditions right like yeah and so I I think you know it, it could be a little dicey um it it helps us none for Illinois to win this game right I of mean, course in the not. West right. so if Michigan beats us they're still going to go to the championship game um so it's going to be you know that weird dynamic, right? Where you're just watching this game. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it, it, it could be a little tight and you find yourself rooting for Illinois when I can't help it. I know you just can't help yourself. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) A real quick stat on JJ McCarthy, his last two games against Nebraska and Rutgers under 50% completion percentage in both of those games. Last week against Nebraska, he was 8 of 17 for 129 yards. 40 That's a 47% completion percentage. He did, he did manage to throw two touchdowns. And then against Rutgers, 13 of 27 for 151 yards. McCarthy, five of his last six games, he's been well under 200 yards passing. CP, let me kick this to you. How do you see this this game between Michigan and Illinois? Um, I think it's going to be uh, a little tight for about the first two and two and a half quarters. Um, and then I feel like Michigan wears them down, but mm. I think like the is going to have those, but like, like, you know, Illinois charged up and ready to go. And then, you know, you alluded to the point about the running back. Hopefully he gets back. I mean, you know, I'd like, you know, obviously we don't want to, I'd like to get Michigan a little beat up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like defensive, like the fighting Illini, uh, they're pretty solid. So maybe they can get a couple dings in there on the, yeah. It's going to be a physical JJ. game. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think there's any so. question about it. It's going to be a physical game. So what would you set the over under on total rushing attempts? That's total for both teams. What 
Where would you set the over-under on uh, on that? Total rushing attempts <laughs> combined for both teams. Wow. Are, are we talking 100? I, I was going to say. Maybe there won't be that like, many possessions. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say like probably between like 85 and like 100, 90, I would think. Yeah. I mean, what like, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, they, these are almost kind of like the exact same team. Just right. Michigan has better players, but other than that, one hundred percent. I mean, it's the exact same team. I, 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 as far as I can tell, I don't. Know, PVH, how about, how about you? What do you think? What's the over under? No, that's on- a great point. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's clearly. And again, it's. I, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty windy there, so they're not going to try and pass the ball. Like, I wonder, can you actually bet that? Can Can you check that? <laughs> I'm sure on, on FanDuel or something. I'm sure you can bet I'll, that. Oh my guy at the BDB. Yeah, get, I'm sure you can get, get that. Get the over-under on that. I'll get the 4-1-1 one, one on that shit. It, the, uh, 80, 80 for sure. But I, I'm with you, CP. Probably in the in the neighborhood of 85, maybe 90 yeah. total so, rushing so attempts in this game. This. Like, who wins the West? Like, oh, so man, what a clusterfuck like, like the West. Purdue and Iowa. It's like so ridiculous. I mean, I think there's like five teams that still legitimately yeah. have a chance, I guess. Really? Like, from what, yeah. It's no, it's awesome. a total clusterfuck. And yeah. as it is every year. These divisions. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, that too. So, well, that's another discussion. I agree. Now, if they did do away with these divisions, I mean, we're basically talking about it, it'd be done. It'd be a done deal. We'd be talking about back to back Ohio State Michigan games. They play yeah. in Columbus, and then they then they would play the next week in Indianapolis. So, and that's coming soon, right? They're going to get away. They're going to do away yeah. with these divisions. So that is that that is a very that's real possibility crazy to think about. So, uh, or let me ask you guys about that while we're on the topic. Uh, CP, I, would you like that? Would you like to see back to back Ohio State Michigan games? Is it too much of a good thing? What do you think? I mean, I, you know what? I don't know if it's too much of a good thing. I know it's not good for my, my heart um, or my mind, <laughs> right. but I mean, that's a physical ass football is game. Cocaine, chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a physical ass football game. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. the, the shit is on the wall, you know, when they come in, like they're, you know, over the summer. Like, so, I mean, it's not, you know, like, so you're talking about like getting up for that game. And then turning around and like playing it again the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. Well, I think what you could see is you have Ohio State, Michigan, a scenario, which, which a very realistic scenario, which we are bound to see multiple times as soon as they do away with these divisions. You know, Ohio State, Michigan have already locked up their trip to Indianapolis. And the game that you have to really win is the Big Ten title game, right? Right. So then you start seeing, you know, the game, the game that's hosted either in Columbus or in Ann Arbor. You see, maybe you, you have the, the coaches resting players, maybe saving things for the Big right. Ten title game. So I don't, PBH. Oh. How do you feel about it? Would you, would you embrace it? Would you think it's? What do you think? Well, like anything, there's good and bad to it. It doesn't really matter what any of us think. It's going to happen. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, we'd rather see Ohio State, Michigan 2.0. Last year, we would rather seen Ohio State, Michigan 2.0, totally. especially for an Ohio yeah. State fan, than fucking Michigan just boat racing Iowa, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other dumb thing is like, when they ever created these divisions, like, did not anybody look at the last hundred years of Big Ten football? <laughs> I was like, what the and, fuck, man? And it, like, 
really like why <laughs> on god's green earth would you set it up this way and you know it's just well they again, they like, didn't initially right they put ohio state and michigan in opposite divisions when it was leaders and legends and then when they went to east and so west they put michigan names. and ohio state into the same <laughs> i know in the same in the same division you know what? You could have them in same in different divisions, and you could also honor the fact that the last game of the year, Ohio State is going to play Michigan, regardless, yeah. right? Oh like, yeah. The, are are there rules here? Like the, there's just they there's can do whatever they rules. want. You can do whatever. This is NOM. There's no rules. Yeah. There's no rules here, <laughs> yeah. Johnny. So so they are going to get it right eventually. They are going to, um, you know, they are going to get rid of divisions, and you know. You got USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten in a couple of years, and maybe it isn't necessarily a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Ohio State and Michigan in the you know back to back at the end of it. You know, with with USC joining, you know, you got Lincoln Riley there; he turns it around. USC is going to have something to say about that. Probably even UCLA if Chip Kelly stays there. But for the sake of the discussion, yeah, I, it, it would be something. I mean, last year. After the way we played in Ann Arbor, I would have loved another shot at Michigan in the Big Ten title game. And yeah. it was just torture having to sit there and watch that Big Ten title game in Iowa. Um, uh, you know, so bad. get a participation so bad. trophy for getting their asses kicked by Michigan. Well, so, and I, you know, and I, I think this is a byproduct of Ohio State morphing into, you know, 2020 sort of program built to win speed, right? Beat the SEC. They're but, SEC. They're an SEC yeah, team in the North. Yeah, and but at the end of the day, you know, you're going to play some games in horrible weather, mm-hmm. and that's going to be negated, and that's going to hurt you. And let's just be honest, Michigan hasn't done that, right? They're still playing the same football that that Harbaugh when he was under center for Bo. That is how they play. Yeah, yeah. And, unapologetically, you know, <laughs> unapologetically, totally. Yeah. And you know, there's. There's some truth to that, you mm-hmm. know, if it's a horribly weathered, you know, snowy, windy day, but that will never equate into a national championship. No. In we saw it last year. Football. Not a, I mean, right. No. I mean, not again. You ain't, you ain't, you are not going to run through an SEC team in a, in a college football playoff no. semifinal. You no shot. You're going to get yeah. boat race like you did against like, Georgia. Yeah, exactly. But the formula that Harbaugh is using, well, that, you know, could get him out of the Big Ten, potentially. Now, Ohio State has to, you know, I, I think they've done some things to address the the toughness bit and, you know, the tackling yeah. and, and that sort of thing, which we can talk about next week. So back to the Big Ten West race. It is an unmitigated clusterfuck. You've got four teams <laughs> at four and three, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota, all at four and three. And you even have Wisconsin there lurking. Well, there's only two games left in the season. I think Wisconsin's probably eliminated this stage. But it looks like there's four teams that are in it. Now, I don't know all the tiebreakers and who has to, who's left to play who and that sort of thing. But yeah, it is kind of a muddled mess of mediocrity in the Big Ten West. You know, the other thing is you can't just write that game off. So what year was it where we slept walk against Wisconsin? Yes. A couple times they played us pretty tough. Wisconsin did. You know, again, it just speaks to the lunacy of how they have these two divisions set up. But it's not out of the realm of possibility coming off of Michigan, huge letdown game. You're banged up, you know. And and then all of a sudden you get knocked off by like an Iowa, and then you have no Big Ten representative in the playoff. Like get your head out of your ass. 
yeah. Warren and yeah. fix this. <laughs> well, yeah. So if you look at Ohio State's history in the Big Ten title game, there was only one time, the first time or the second time they were in that game, did they win it convincingly in a laugher. Yeah. And that was Wisconsin in 2014, the 59 to nothing game. After that, you had Wisconsin play them very tough twice and Northwestern give them competitive games yes. into the fourth quarter both times. So so let's let's chat for a second about USC UCLA. Oh yeah, over under seventy five. Like I, I I really think we're we're rooting for the Chip Kellys in that game, so I, we can eliminate. Yeah, you know, I think so USC too. Out of the conversation, and I actually think that that game's only two and a half points. Yeah, um, neither one of them play any defense. That that'll be a hell of a game. Hopefully, yeah, um, it'd be and interesting. I think we have a definite rooting interest for UCLA in that that contest. Uh, I agree. I think we want USC out of the mix. I think we probably want TCU also to lose, right? So Ohio State should, as a safety net, should Ohio State drop, you know, should they, should they lose to Michigan, um, there's still an opportunity that they might be considered as a, as a one loss team and non champ to get in. I'm with you. The only thing with UCLA, because the game, they're technically the home team, they play in the Rose Bowl. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the attendance at UCLA games this year, but yeah, it I mean, sucks, man. It like, sucks. They need to build a stadium on that campus. Uh, I don't know yeah. if there's enough interest or enough money or I don't know if the leadership is interested in that. I mean, I love the Rose Bowl. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, how far is that from the UCLA campus? Is that like a 45 minute drive or something? Yeah, it's not it's close. Like 35, 40 minutes. So. Yeah. Like, like who's going to want to go like, you know, yeah, they need to set up some party buses or something. <laughs> shit. We should look into that. PBH. So, so PBH, yeah. uh, there's another reason to root against USC in this game. And that is if, if you're rooting for, for CJ Stroud to win the, the Heisman, then you want Caleb yeah. Williams out of the discussion because that dude's having a season. I don't know if anyone's paying well, attention. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. He's Z, like, he's got what? 31 touchdowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like to two interceptions, better, better, and, better stats than, right. Than CJ he's going to be like on like some, like the national state, national TV, like the next like two to three weeks, they got yeah. Notre Dame. I think they play. don't they play UCLA this weekend? They play UCLA this weekend. That's the game we're talking about. And then they do yeah. get Notre Dame and, you know, watch are, out for are, Notre are Dame. paying attention, Chad? Come on, Chad. Wake up, goddammit. Hey, no, I am paying attention, man, but I wasn't sure. Like, you know, I, I know exactly. Oh, you, you, yeah. So, uh, so I was you're thinking you about we, the party. Oh, you thought we were talking about volleyball. And all those hot yeah, they're both shit, very man. good at volleyball. Maybe, maybe Chad is <laughs> zoomed in from the party bus for this for this pod. So, yeah. to your point, 31 touchdown passes to only two INTs. And, and he's an athlete, man. He can make things happen with his legs. 283 yards uh, rushing as well. He's got six rushing touchdowns. He's a scary player, Caleb Williams is. So to your point, PVH, yeah, we've got two big reasons to be rooting against USC in this game. Well, I I, I mean, if they win out, right, UCLA, Notre Dame, and then whomever, maybe Utah yeah. on the – I mean, dude, they're probably in the playoff. I mean, there, yeah. there's going to be chaos, right? There's, I mean, some teams that we don't think are going to lose, they're going to lose who knows where, but I mean, I, I looked at their schedule. They have played nobody. It's, no, it's terrible. Their defense is awful. So it's awful. But, However, but if they win these next three games, then that's a resume. Argument. Yeah. That's a resume that's a because resume. you're talking about, yeah. you're talking about a win over uh, the committees. Uh, what is it? The number 16. Sorry. I lost the, I closed out the page for it. Yeah. The committee's number 16. And then wherever Notre Dame is ranked, right? Notre Dame is in the top. I think they're number 18, if I'm not mistaken. And then 
that would also mean if they went out, probably seeing Utah again. Now, the Pac-12 was smart enough to get rid of their division, so they would be rematched with Utah, who beat them. That's their only loss in a really close game on, a, what, a two-point conversion, right, in the final seconds yeah. to win yeah. that game. So they will have a resume when it's all said and done that's compelling for sure. Another game that's interesting here. Number four, TCU travels to Baylor. The line on that game is only TCU minus two and a half. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's crazy. And, you know, that's a Texas we want them thing. To lose badly. For sure. Yeah, get them out of the way. Yeah, I know Tennessee fans are definitely going to be rooting, <laughs> uh, rooting for, uh, you know, Baylor in that game as well. But that's interesting, that line. Because uh, Baylor's yeah, not that good. They're six why and four. I was thinking about like jumping on over Baylor. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, come on. Everybody I would think the, so. like, everybody's going to take TCU. Everybody. Vegas is going to clean up is this weekend. That is TCU at Baylor. That is Fox's. Well, that's noon, their night, their noon. noon game. I don't think that's, I don't think it's, well, it might be. Is it Joel Klatt? And it must be because it's their big noon kick. It's no, Gus and Joel. Klatt's doing UCLA, USC. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. That's right. Yeah. So TCU Baylor, it's a 9 a.m. kick. That's going to be, that's, that's going to be uh, competing with Illinois, Michigan. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one for sure. All right, fellas, is there anything else you guys want to discuss about either Ohio State or Michigan before we shut things down? PBH? I have fallen trapped to this multiple times this season. And I think Ohio, I, I think a lot of the pundits are a little down on Ohio State at this mm-hmm. point. And, you know, like, oh, well, you know, they had a bad game or court. You know, it's like, guess what, guys? Every team has a bad half, right? Um but no one's really talking that much about, honestly, except us, like how vastly improved our defense is. Yeah. Right. And we have been thought of as just such a one-dimensional team for this last a yeah, finesse. Really, yeah. Right. Yeah, three to five years, you know. And God damn it, our defense can keep us in any game. I I, I firmly believe that. And so I agree. Uh, that that is, you know kind of I, I keep reminding myself of that like yeah you know what like wow we don't have to score on every single you know drive because our defense is going to get stops you know and hell shit against penn state they literally won us the game you know yeah. there's a multitude of different ways you can win a game so i don't yeah, know you, that's you're right Paige, like you said about that like you know like prior to this like you gotta score every fucking time you get the ball and, and then we freak out when they don't. Yeah, we're like, oh, God, what are we going to do now? Yeah, I, uh, I I think in this question of toughness, right, because that's been a, been a big offseason theme and you had you know, Michigan talking about Ohio State as a finesse team and it's just been this talking point for all the pundits. I think the Ohio State defense, I agree with you, PBH, is going to settle that toughness question on November 26th. I, I really do. And what intrigues me about the matchup with Illinois is I think Ohio State, statistically speaking, is uh, right there with Illinois in most of the defensive metrics that that people really care about. Only they're executing their defense with way better players. So that's why I'm really intrigued about this game because I want to see what Illinois can do. Is there Are we going to learn anything about the Michigan offense? I want to know um, what happens when Blake Corum can't run for 175 yards? What are you, Michigan, after that? I think Ohio State has answers and questions about themselves. 
when the chips are down and when the things that they like to do aren't available to them for one reason or another, whether it's injury to Jackson Smith and Jigba, whether it's weather conditions as they were in, at, at Northwestern. I'm not sure Michigan has answered that question about themselves yet. Who are you? What can you do when the thing that you like to do best, that you're best at, is taken away or you can't do it as well? I think Ohio State has the ability to take away the Michigan running attack. And then we'll find right, out. I'm already who are starting you. to freak out, man. I'm starting <laughs> to freak out. And I think Ohio, gonna if anyone's going to settle this toughness question, Ooh. it's going to be the fucking Ohio State defense. Mark those words. No one's talking about that, right? Everyone's no. talking about, oh, our offensive struggles, you know, in a freaking tropical, you know, depression, hurricane, gale force winds. But nobody is really giving any credence to the fact that our defense is vastly improved. And the other last thing I'll say is this, who runs their mouth first? We've already had one from <laughs> our friend Desmond. I got a C note that says somebody from Michigan. It's, I don't think it's going to be a Buckeye. I think it's going to be somebody from Michigan. You got that born on third base comment still hanging out there from the post game yes, last year. See, good fucking point. Right? So we'll, those chickens are going to come home to roost. Uh, I, I really believe that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, listen, thanks so much for making the time. We will reconvene next week, either Wednesday or Thursday, when, whenever. Well, it can't be Thursday. It's going to be Thanksgiving. But yeah, somewhere around that time to discuss, uh, well, how this Maryland game played out and to look ahead to Michigan. Until then, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Go Bucks. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.